This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. And uh, we're due, we are due for a visit with our good friend, Paul Davis, social media and online safety educator. Um, Paul, I'm just jumping right to it. I'm jumping right to it because I honestly find whenever we sit down um, for the parenting show on Sunday nights, we fly through this hour because there's so much to talk about and so much to cover. So I don't want to waste any time. Paul, how are you? (laughs) I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you. But as a mom and, you know, of three, uh, social media just keeps on like knocking on every single door and is around every single corner. Me, I'm a content creator. I can't avoid it. This is my livelihood, right? But um, the kids are asking and they want to be on it. And uh, you know what I, You know what my answer is? I'm like, no. well, are you 13 years of age? Terms and conditions clearly state that you... <laughs> Grade five English, are- right? And and I I say to them, I'm like, what does our friend Paul Davis say? (sighs) And I always bring you up. I always bring you up. And they're like, okay, okay. You know, what's great is that there's a group of moms who follow on Facebook who will, I once posted about when you bring up my name in your home, do you get the (laughs) eye roll? And they all responded, yes, yes. yes." So bring up my name in any household. And if they've heard me, you're going to get the stern eye roll, not just a casual eye roll, the one that's fixed there for like 30 seconds. Yeah, it's they true. It all you... And they don't want to hear anymore, right? So, look, you're going to have pressure. I get it. But you know the one question I ask now after my parent presentation, when I'm done the TikTok segment especially? I say to parents, what exactly is it that you are afraid your child is going to miss out on by giving them TikTok yeah. at 10 years of age? Is it all the sexualized content that I share with you? Is it the privacy <laughs> violations? What is it that you're afraid they're going to miss out on? And the looks in their faces are they get it. But some parents are still afraid to say no. They feel their child will be isolated. They're the only ones without it. How are they going to connect with their friends? How are they going to relate? And I keep telling parents, stop being their friend and start being a parent. Learn to say no. The word hasn't disappeared. You just forgot how to use it because you're afraid of how your child will respond to being told no. You'll see their crocodile tears. They're going to guilt you into saying, but mom, I'm the only one without it. But mom, my friends have it. And you're going to cave. Stop. This is getting embarrassing. It really is. Our children deserve to be kids for a long time. You bleed social media, Pina. I bleed it. It's in our DNA. Except there's a time and a place. And our children are far too young to, you know, people say, Paul is 13, the right age. I'll say, I well, still if think you, it's young. <clears throat> yeah. If you and I are friends, I'm saying I'd wait 14, 15, but mm-hmm. I can instill my values, my morals in a presentation. So I got to go by the terms of service and I show it to them. These are not uh, laws. These are terms of service. You should respect them as we respect every rule that's out there. We expect our children to respect rules in the classroom when they're playing sports at home. And when we break rules, there are consequences. Well, let me tell you what happens when your child breaks a rule and gets on a platform they're not allowed to be on at a young age. When they are subjected. I did not say if. I said when they are subjected. Yeah, because it will happen. It's not if, it's when. Mm-hmm. So when they're subjected to cyberbullying, sexuality, threats, racism, what's going to happen? They will ask for help. You as the parent will get very upset naturally because your child's been impacted. And then parents ask for help. But I asked parents to reflect back. I said, well, would your 10-year-old have been subjected to that? 
if they weren't on the platform. And that's really where I call parents to action, saying, look, you allow this to happen by putting them in that position. You know that parents are now suing social media companies. Uh, there's a school board in, I believe it's Washington State, suing social media companies because of Ridiculous. how their child was impacted by the platform. And they were all underage. So yeah. what's next? When your child takes the keys and they're 12 years of age and they go for a joyride, you're going you're gonna to contact a car manufacturer and say, no, this is parental responsibility. So yeah, I am Absolutely. a little hard because this is all preventive, preventable if we as parents step up to the game. You know what, Paul, I agree with you a million percent. And you know this about me and your name does come up often and the kids know you well, you know, mama's friend, Paul. And it's funny that you said, you know what I mean? Like we are parents. We're not their friends. And recently I was on our weekend morning show here on 640 and uh, we were talking about social media. And, and I said, I brought up the fact that Samantha, my oldest, who's 12, she asked for TikTok and flat out, I'm like, you're not of age, number one. Number two, who is your mother? <laughs> you have to understand, <laughs> I see social media in a different light. And there is some great stuff that goes along with it. But then there's this not so great aspect to it, right? It's that yin and yang thing. Right. And um, I'm like, so you're not of age. I see it like other parents don't see it. And it's not something that we're going to do right now. I'm sorry. Bottom line. And I told, I told Maggie, I'm like, I am not their friend. I am their parent and I need to act as their parent. I'm not, we're not buddies. We're not buddies, plain and simple. My job is to take care of you and make sure that you're okay. And a big part of that is, you know, allowing them on social media or not. And I'm not trying to say like, listen to each their own, but for me, I see social media and I understand social media and the back end of social media, like other people, the average, I guess, parent that is not on it or uses it like me, you know what I mean? They don't see that. And so I think it's really important that we have these conversations, that we we bring things to light um, so we can help parents make the right choices for their kids. Because like you said, what, when things happen, because they mm -hmm. will happen, mm -hmm. It's a little too late if, if they're subjected to God knows what that they've come across on social. And kids are already growing so fast. Like, yes, let's let them enjoy a childhood without this trash and garbage. And, you know, Pina, you and this is probably personal. You actually have a lot more oppression than the average person, because let's be honest, you have a following online and some of that following is male. And mm -hmm. if your child is associated with you, and someone says, oh, that's penis kid. You've got the creepy aspect of now these adults looking for the child, creating fake accounts and following the child. Why? To gather more information. This is all part of a whole ecosystem of how people build profiles on families. And you don't want, and when your daughter actually is allowed on social media, you and I are going to have lunch because I'm going to make sure she is literally off the grid and not connected to you at all. Because it takes one small connection between your following and those children. And then this becomes disturbing sometimes. And I'll yeah. never, I'll never forget a scenario where it was a television type situation. And an individual I was working with said, Paul, I was at a Walmart and I was looking at my bill. My kids ran ahead of me and some lady walked up to my children and said, oh, I really love your dad on TV. And he said, when my daughters came back and told me that, it petrified me. It's like, 
how did they knew me? They knew my kids. And he said, it just scared me. So privacy is so important. I can't stress that enough. So when they have it, privacy, real human friends, you post pictures that you know can be shared outside of your private account because there's a chance they may be. But the privacy aspect is so important. And my daughter's had that pressure too. I'm not going to lie. My daughter's had that pressure. I'm saying, when you guys are allowed, you're going to be locked down. Why? You know who your dad is. You know what I do for a living. So yeah, same rules apply. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, we really need to look at things differently as parents. It's not as innocent as like, oh, they're just going to get an account and, you know, I'm going to monitor who they follow and who follows them. And, um, and it's fine. It's all locked down. It's private. That is not the case, parents. And if you stick with us throughout the show, you're going to find out why. Um, Right One thing before we go to break, though, and I want to leave this with you guys listening at home right now. For example, TikTok. You can have a private account. You can know uh, who your child is following. However, you have zero control over what comes up for your child on their For You page. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get back. So don't go anywhere because this is The Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. This is The Parenting Show on 640 Toronto, and I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. We've got my good friend, Paul Davis, social media and online safety educator, or what I like to call him, my social media guru. And uh, he's a good friend of the show. We have Paul on often because we need to keep having these conversations about online and social media safety. And, And Paul, right before the break, I was just talking about how parents believe that, you know, okay, fine, my kid is not 13 years of age, which is the age that the terms and services clearly state you need to be in order to download these social media platforms. Um, so the parents will be like, but I I know they're like 10 or 12 or whatever. Um, but I monitor everything. I know who they follow. I know who follows them. Um, but when it comes to TikTok specifically, what control do we have over what our kids see on that For You page that comes up? Do we have control over that, Paul? You can manipulate the algorithm. I've, um, I have countless TikTok accounts and they're all on different devices. There's a reason for that. It's technical. You can manipulate the algorithm. Let's go to first to the terms of service. Uh, according to the Apple store and the Google Play store, you need to be 12 to download the app. But the terms of service state you must be 13 to use it. So I do get challenged by students sometimes. Oh, no, mm-hmm. sir, it's 12. Yeah, it's 12 to download 13 to you. So I'm correct in that the terms of service state that. Now, having said that, is that the right age? You and I can debate it. But I always tell parents, if you and I are friends, I'd say 15 plus only because of the content that they will be subjected to, which is based on the algorithm. So I saw a really great video that I'm going to further by doing a project myself, showing everyone how what you do on your device influences the types of videos you see. So you do a Google search. If you have another app, what did you type in? TikTok is one of the most invasive apps out there for gathering information to try and tell you what they want, what you want to see. If you take an interest in certain things, you'll notice that the algorithm picks up 
for example, if you like a video that is of a sexualized nature, not graphic, but suggestive, provocative, you will notice that the For You page kicks in with more of those types of videos. They haven't violated terms of service, but you as a parent would be very concerned. You know, there's a whole community on TikTok of swingers. It's called Swing Talk. And you can find people that are actively promoting very openly the swingers lifestyle. If your child clicks on one of those videos, they'll be they'll be asking mommy and daddy, what is a swinger? And you're not going to be able to get and away I'm not ready for that conversation. Thank you. There you, you go. <laughs> you see, that doesn't violate terms of service. That's freedom of expression, freedom of speech, which is allowed, of course. But if you manipulate the algorithm, say, I like those, you'll get other types of videos as well. And when I, I've sometimes shown um, my wife, look what, because here's my accounts. When I open them up, I open them up as 13 years old plus a day. So TikTok believes the account is of a 13 year old. I have some now that are 14 and 15 years of age. And I still keep seeing what TikTok would show me at those age. And although they say, yes, we want to make this a very safe environment. The reality is as a parent, it's not that safe because of what your child is being subjected to. The COO of TikTok, last September was grilled in front of Congress, United States. And for a very well-educated person, she does not have the ability to answer a yes or no question. And then she went to, uh, to Twitter the very next day and said, I take to heart the safety of my community. Well, I sent an email and I haven't received one back as to what that meant because I have literally, Pina, thousands of videos downloaded off TikTok that if you had to stitch them together, parents would look and be disgusted by what their child who is 13, 14, 15 would be subjected to. Yeah, it's scary. It is absolutely scary. And like you said, yes, there's ways to manipulate the algorithm um, by, you know, watching a full TikTok, by liking the TikTok, you will generate more of those types of videos in that subject or theme. Um, but sometimes things, you know, just pop up. And as a parent, you don't have control over that. Um, also, you have to remember that kids are curious. Mm -hmm. So they can easily type something into the search and things can start coming up and then delete what they searched if they want to, you know, try and keep it from their parents. You have to think, and this is going back to, we are parents, we're not friends. Right. And along those lines, yeah, you may be, you may know who they follow and who follows them, but luring is a real thing. And we need to be aware of that. Paul? It's actually, um, it's actually petrifying how real it is. And parents think that when you talk about predators online, that it's fear-mongering. I, uh, I will never forget, it was about four or five weeks ago now. Saturdays and Sundays, I really do want to spend most of my family. But I was asked by a media outlet, could you please, in, in Alberta, could you please respond to the story about how 92 children were lured? I'm like, you know what? 92. <clears throat> 92, uh, youngest, nine, oldest, 17 years of age. I said, absolutely, let me get the studio ready because I really want to talk about this. And anyways, after my communication, I said to the reporter, you know what the sad part is? As shocking as this is, wait for another story in about three months. I was way wrong. Two and a half weeks later in the city of Toronto, another 96 children lured by another male. I think he was 31 years of age. And the youngest was seven years of age. What is wrong? What is a seven-year-old doing on a social media platform? I will tell you what they're doing. We have parents who will say, I trust you. You're mature enough. You're responsible enough. And I think that is the greatest downfall 
of mm-hmm. parenting is when we instill those words in our children thinking they understand this. Listen, most adults can be tricked online by a fake profile. <clears throat> yeah, right? You don't and, think it's easy And we're to... giving this power to a seven-year-old. Exactly. There's so much software out there that can morph an adult's face and make them look like a child. And then they can manipulate their voice to sound like that child. And now artificial intelligence can enhance video. So you can actually get on a video chat with someone. They think, oh, you actually are my age. And it's not. My whole point is there's a time and a place. And the art of manipulate. you know, there are books that are written and not physical books. Obviously, they're PDFs, they're archived, they're in the deep web that will tell you step by step how to manipulate a child, what words to use, what emojis to use in conversation, what are they speaking now, the slang, everything to convince that child that you are their age. These guys, as disgusting as they are, they are masters at their craft and the victims are our children. So this is not fear-mongering. This is real-time data. The good news is if parents wait until they're the right age, when you wait comes education. With education comes security. With security comes the knowledge. I'm only going to speak to my real human friends. And remember the saying that I've always said about elementary kids, Friends are not found, made online. Feel free to quote me, parents. Feel free to post that on your social media platforms and remind every parent that your child is allowed to communicate online with their real friends. It could be through messenger kids. It could be because you've approved it. But online on these social media platforms and all that to be on, that is not a friend. That is a stranger. But kids are easy to manipulate. And that's why parental involvement is so important, Pina. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that you said the youngest in this case in uh, Toronto was seven. Seven, yep. Seven years old. Uh, absolutely not. Over well, let me share this with you. Body. I had a principal in Windsor about six weeks ago. The youngest kid that they found in their school on TikTok was in grade one. My eyes almost Hi. fell out. And I'm, I'm. it's hard to shock me nowadays, but grade one on TikTok. So again, this goes back to parenting. I, I, I don't know where, where else you want to point the finger at, right? No, I, I agree. I like wholeheartedly agree with you. As parents, we choose to have children bring life into this world. It is our responsibility. Okay, you know what? Now, if you want to say that I'm judging, I'm judging. I'm just going to throw it out there, okay? Like, I'm going to be honest. What you see is what you get with me, okay? And you can't shut me up because if I firmly believe in something, I'm going to speak my mind. So you know what? You chose to have kids. You need to be responsible for those children. You need to keep those children safe. So you can't freak out and lose it if something happens to your child while on social media, whether they are exposed to something you are not ready for them to see and something that they should not be seen at their young age um, or whether they're exposed to bullying or whatever it may be. You have to take the good with the bad when you make that choice. And you need to be responsible because it's not your kid's fault. It's yours. If you're going to point a finger, you need to point it to yourself. There you go. I said it. Sorry, Paul. No, listen, I needed to get that off my chest. Tell us how you really feel, Pina. So (laughs) parents need to learn to say no. And number two, do you know that there's so many amazing things that parents can do online? And that's a whole different show. But the amazing things that kids can do online are educational, fun, entertaining, safe, And never, ever put them in a position of harm. That is part of my grade four, five, six presentation. After I guide them to talk to their parents about removing themselves off the platforms and all that to be on, 
I talk about coding, blogging, app development, robotics, podcast. Pina, I'm teaching kids in grade four, five, six why it's amazing to create a podcast. You see? So good. You know what I mean? And when they see this other side, their eyes light up. Like, really, I can do that? Yes, because all you need is your parents' permission. You see, you don't have to be 13 because there's no terms of service on podcasting and opening up your own website. It requires your parents' permission, and you will work with your parents to be creative and inspiring and change the world. We have to focus on that. And our kids want to do it. They haven't been guided, and their friends are doing the stuff that they shouldn't be doing, and they're led down that path. So this goes back to education and parenting. Absolutely. <clears throat> Honestly, it's like a lot of people, and, and I'm so torn because I'm in the middle of it all, right? So a lot of people no. are like, social media is so bad. And yes, there's bad. And I said this earlier in the show, but then there's so much that you can do with it and, and put out a positive message and do creative and fun things that are educational. I love the fact that you're talking about podcasting because I teach that at a college level, you know, <laughs> and it's amazing. And actually last year, um, my daughter, Samantha had a class project where she had to do a podcast and she, she interviewed you, Paul, for that. I remember that. And it was so good because we were going through the list of, of different, uh, uh, people she wants to interview for the different podcasts for this project. And she's like, Oh mama, she's like, what about Paul? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, but it's so true. If we educate ourselves it's because on, like we all know knowledge is power, yes. right? So if we, if we as parents educate ourselves and in turn, you know, share that information with our kids, things will be so much better. Mm -hmm. And and just a thought, just a thought, Paul, I'm going to ask you, you're the expert. Who am I? What do I know? What do I know? But would you say it's easier to say no to your child to getting social media accounts or would you say it's easier to um, remove them from that, uh, like take them away from your children once they have them. Oh, the answer is simple. It's easier to say no, because remember, our children are resilient, right? They're going to get over being told no. The problem is when you've given it to them, you can still take it away because you are a parent, except now you go through a period of, you know, crying and you don't like me, you hate me. Uh, you're, that person that spoke to you is exaggerating and this doesn't really happen. And so now you're being made to feel guilt because you're taking away what you once gave. Now you can and you should, but it makes it more difficult. So I'll give you a perfect example. My daughters grew up in a home where they were told, no, I didn't deprive them of anything. They got technology at a certain age, at a certain time, and they're fine. I never held them back. Yeah, you know what? A few friends excluded them from certain things. Get over it. The, and yeah. I, you know what I told my daughters in elementary school? I said, your real friends will be found in high school. You'll carry two, three, four of them into the adult world with you. So don't worry about popularity in elementary school and who likes you and who doesn't like you. Right now, it's about your two, three good elementary school friends. Focus on your marks. Focus on being a great kid at school. And you know what? We're going to get through this. And because they grew up in a cyber home, it really wasn't that difficult. Yeah, see, it's parents, it's not hard. It's not hard. Let us help you. <laughs> oh, and to <laughs> qualify, I am not the best dad in the world. I didn't, you know, doing what I do, I don't see my daughters four nights a week. I don't have dinner with them four nights, sometimes five I nights. I know a week. because and you're so, working. Yeah. And so I, they grew up most of their school life with dad being out educating other kids and they've accepted it and we had conversations about it. But while I was gone, those rules were in place. You know why? Because mom was invested. So 
even if you're a one parent household, you can invest that time. Yeah. Don't use the technology as a babysitter. It is possible. I know countless parents who follow those guidelines and say it's difficult, Paul, but we do it because we care about our kids. And that should be the number one thing for us, our kids priorities. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more right here on the parenting show on 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night and you are tuned into 640 Toronto. This is the Parenting Show and I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. We are talking all things social media and online uh, safety specifically with educator Paul Davis. I like to call him my social media guru. He's one of my one of my good friends and one of my buddies and uh we have this conversation every once in a while on the show because it's really important that um, we know we know what's going on because the world of social media is ever changing. It's it's constantly changing and it's hard to keep up. And as parents, we need to be on top of things because if we're not on top of things, then how are we going to keep our kids safe? And Paul, there's a word that honestly, it's it's been it's one of the newer words in my vocabulary. And I'm kind of sad about it because I was like, it's not a word I want in my vocabulary. And that word is sextortion. I'm just going to jump right into it. It wasn't a word I grew up with. And it's a word that's just come into my life over the past few years. Do you want to explain to everyone listening at home what sextortion is? It's sad that it has to be introduced to us, but it's a reality. So sexting has been called basically the definition of taking a picture or video that's sexualized. It could be nude, partially nude, or sexual activity and transmitted. So the term is called sexting. It occurs with kids. It occurs with adults. Now there are laws surrounding, <clears throat> depending how old you are, with the transmission. Sextortion is taking an image of your body, sending it to someone, and the person in possession of it is now demanding if you don't pay x amount of dollars they will share that image with everyone you know and they know everyone you know and that's mm -hmm. complicated before the pandemic cybertip.ca was talking about the reporting agency online in canada they were talking about it and it was minimal it really wasn't a lot it was happening it just didn't make the news as of about two weeks ago Cybertip.ca reports 76 cases of sextortion per week being called in. Wow. That's not the RCMP in Canada, the OPP in Ontario, or your local police departments. It is one tip line. In 2022, I assisted 25 families on this topic. Who's victimized? 91% boys 12 to 19 years of age. The pandemic did some serious, serious damage to these boys growing up, experiencing sexuality, seeking sexual acceptance. They were online. <clears throat> Someone posing as a female sent a picture. They believed it to be real. They sent a picture back. And literally within minutes, the extortion attempts started. And some took their life as a result of it. I have a personal story, and I can send you a link. It's a mother. Her name is Mary. She connected with me from Upper New York State two years ago, actually. Her 15-year-old son had taken a picture, and two days later, 
he took his life because he was fearful. He didn't have the money. He didn't understand what cryptocurrency was. He didn't want to go to his parents. And I shared this story with parents that night because she asked me to. And I said, you know, Mary, I don't talk about suicide with kids. I'll share it with your parents. And then I invited her. And you know, the most difficult conversation, I had a Zoom with her for 45 minutes, the first time she reached out to me. And watching her face the whole time explaining what happened was one of the most gut-wrenching conversation because when i i do speak to parents one-on-one i do parental consultation about these topics because they reach out and ask for help but i do it in person because there's a human element involved in helping other people on a zoom i couldn't reach and hold and hug and and tell everything no it's virtual but she was passionate about sharing her story and then she came my facebook page and wanted to share her story with my audience and i'll send you that link to share with your audience because i think parents need Mm. to know that this is not isolated and this is a, when kids fall into this trap, <clears throat> they feel by them, they feel alone. They feel they can't reach out, that their parents will be embarrassed. Um, how will people think of them? And my point is, look, this is a reality if kids do this. And that's why in my presentations from grade seven to grade 12, when we talk about sexting and not specifically sextortion, that's a grade nine to 12 conversation is I tell them don't ever ever take a picture of your body and transmit it not as a youth not as an adult not even to someone you know so one thing in cyber we don't do because we understand how it could be used against you so the messaging is substantiated not on values morals ethics religion spirituality it's based on how technology works and once your picture's out there it's out there but if it's happened there is help available and i've helped adults who've been sextorted i've helped here's the interesting part about the 25 parents last year that helped 21 of the 25 were mothers calling in on behalf of their boys, 12 to 18 years of age. Imagine an 18 year old saying to mom, Hey, I took this video. I sent it. I'm being asked for money. I don't have it. What do I do? Those conversations can't be easy, but you know, what's really great about all of them is that the boys had relationships with moms to say, I need help. Uh, Yeah. Moms had the ability to pick up the phone and say, Paul, what can we do? The key to this messaging is number one, don't take pictures. But if your child has ever been put, in that situation you must let them know that they can come to you for absolutely anything yes judgment shame or embarrassment and parents you are allowed to express your emotions of disappointment anger concern you are a human don't ever ask for forgiveness on your emotions but let your child know i love you i will always be there for you and i will find you the help you need they need to hear your words don't ever assume they know that and they will come to you because this is an embarrassing time that they might be going through. You know what? I'm glad you said that, Paul, because honestly, it's no, number one, going back to what Paul and I've been saying, all of this can be avoided by waiting to get your kids on social. And once they're on social, working with them and communicating with them. So things are being done properly and safely, number one. But number two, if they are on social and something like this has happened, this is why those open lines of communication are so important right out of the floodgates this way you know what i mean your, your child knows if anything happens i can go to mom i can go to dad i can go to a sibling or an aunt or uncle um to discuss because the worst thing is for something like this to happen to a child um and i you know teens or children i don't care what you say um And then them feel that they absolutely have no one to speak to, to turn to, uh, to get help from. And that the only solution in their mind is taking their life. Like, you know, that's a sad reality. 
And all you need to do is go to Google News and type in sextortion and just read the articles. So it's not an exaggeration. You'll, you don't have to go outside this country. You can just read the articles from within this country of how kids have done that. And so the relationship aspect is the most important. But where I get a little upset, and you know, this is something that we shouldn't get emotional about because, I mean, it is an emotional topic. So from talking from an educator perspective, I'm passionate about what I speak to every day. Mm -hmm. But we have to have firm messaging. And we don't have a lot of messaging from even police departments. <clears throat> some police departments have good messaging. Some police departments don't. And when we don't have good messaging, we let our children out. I have firm messaging, which we can connect on the next segment. But if we're not all on the same page, kids are st still being let down. Oh, it's a heavy one, but you know what? A much needed conversation. Don't go anywhere because we will be back with more right here on The Parenting Show. You're listening to us on 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. This is The Parenting Show, and I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. And we are talking social media and online safety with educator and, and my good friend, Paul Davis. Um, he's my social media guru. He is like my, my know-it-all. He is the guy I go to whenever I have a question. And I want to make sure that as a parent, I'm doing what I can to help and support my kids um, in the social media world, which they don't have accounts. Okay. So that's how he's been helping me. All right. Now, <laughs> Paul, you, you had a train of thought going uh, in the last, in the last segment, and I'm just going to throw it to you because I want you to run with it. I want to hear what you got to say. The one thing that uh, disappoints me is uh, some of the lack of messaging when it comes to sextortion. The answer to making sure no one ever gets hurt on this topic is by communicating very clearly and definitively to our children. You do not take pictures of your body and transmit them. Not as a youth, not as an adult. In the cyber world, we know what happens when you take a picture and you transmit it, how it can be manipulated, how it can be anyways. And we have to have the same messaging across the board. And I listen to a lot of messaging. I really do. I, I listen to, I, I read police department statements. I can tell you I was disappointed by two of them, one in Ontario, one in British Columbia, where they went online and they said, yes, we have an issue with it. Okay. Please talk to your children. Okay. These are criminal gangs. Yes, we know that. Uh, they reside outside our country. And so getting any legal jurisdiction out there is, is completely useless. Mm -hmm. And they keep talking about what happens when it occurs, what to do. It, there is zero communication in saying, don't take a picture. I don't understand what they're missing. Now, credit to some of the police departments, one in Saskatchewan, another one in Ontario, who stated very clearly, don't do it. The messaging has to be consistent. We just can't keep saying, look, when it happens, we'll be here for you and we'll help you out. No, no, we don't want them to come to us for the help. We, yeah, we don't even sure. want this to happen. So exactly. let's not. And that's my messaging to kids. I will always be here to help you, your teachers, your principals, your parents, the police. I, I've committed myself to it. It's part of my, my calling. But my objective is to make sure you never require that help. And so we have yeah. to instill in our children you don't do this. BC just introduced what's called the Intimate Images Protection Act, um, which should be passed, I think, any time now, which basically tells 
survivors of revenge pornography, of sextortion, of images being shared without consent, that look, if someone does it, we are going to work to remove the images off the platform. I think that's wonderful. We will allow you to seek compensation from the person who hurt you. That's a bit misleading because unless it happened within the confines of this country, guess what? That is completely meaningless. Meaningless. You're so well. Yeah, exactly. So if it's an intimate uh, partner relationship and then you break up and they're using the image against you, you can actually sue for damages. You'll get the image removed off the platform. So yes, it actually will benefit. And I think it's a great first step. But considering the sextortionists, reside in countries around the world where we have, we can't yeah. say, Hey, we're su- No, 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 it's not going to happen. And so what's happening is why do these kids take such drastic measures in terms of taking their lives? Because they don't have the amount of money that it takes to pay off. Then they feel approaching their parents will bring shame. And they, but the answer is if you ask for help, there'll be help. Number one, never respond to the extortion. Number two, cease communication. Number three, ask for help. Here's the thing. Your child is not being targeted specifically. They are one of a thousand kids on a screen at any given time. And these people have a quota to make and they have to make money. So when they say, Hey, if you don't pay me, I will share this with everyone, you know, they actually do know, but do they have the time to go and find those individuals and email address and do it? Well, they're not making money by doing that. They'll scare you by saying, oh, I know your principal. I know who your parents are. And that petrifies kids. But what they learned back in 2020, 2021, they were asking for 5,000 US, 4,000, 2,500. Kids didn't have this money. And they were asking for it by crypto. Kids didn't know how to use crypto. Now, and I presented this to a police agency about a year ago, they're getting smarter. They're asking for lesser amounts, $100 iTunes gift card. PayPal me $150 and kids are saying, okay, you know what? I got that. I know how to use PayPal. I know how to use e-transfer. And they're sending and they're thinking my problems are gone. They're not because once they have you, they will come back over and over and over again. My whole point in that is if your kid did it, they're going to be, they're going to run out of money. They're eventually going to come to you. The whole point is do not communicate, share what you know with your parents. I tell them and ask for help. When you stop talking to these guys, they, in 95% of the cases, will go away because they need to extract money. They don't have time to waste you. Now, if the, again, if it's a personal extortion, you know what? You take the, Every case should be taken to the police. But when the police come over and they say, well, there's nothing we can do, in many cases, they're actually right because they're outside of the country. My issue, and I've said this to police officer friends of mine, is I look, when you leave a home after you've investigated and you've said, there's nothing we can do, it seems very cold. And parents at this point need empathy. So when parents reach out to me and I give them 20, 25, 30 minutes, and I say, look, there is nothing we can do in this situation, but here are the steps we can take to make it better. They need that closure. And that's, I guess, why parents have reached out. And, you know, my wife will say, Paul, you don't get paid to them. You're, you know what? You're absolutely right. But when there's a kid, in a situation, know. there's that, you know what? I'm a human being. I'm always going to be there to help those parents. Yeah. I don't charge a penny for it. And parents have said, well, we got to give you something. I said, you know what? If it makes you feel better, donate to a charity of your choice because of my time. But my whole objective is to make sure your child got help and you guys are going to go to bed feeling much better about this. And it, they do. Why? Because they got the closure they needed, not a cold, nothing we can do. See you later. Don't do it again. Yeah. It's about the communication, it- Pina. 
It's true. And, and something you always say, Paul, is the internet never forgets, you know? Um, and that, yeah, it's, it's, so I've got Paul on zoom and it's right behind him too, but that is something that I will always remember, uh, about Paul, the internet never forgets. And a lot of kids may think, um, well, you know what, I sent a picture, but I sent it through a platform like Snapchat and that erases, and I'm going to know if someone took a screenshot or copied it. Paul, really quickly. The internet Does it go away? Forgets. Images on Snapchat can be saved without the knowledge or the permission of the post sender, number one. Number two, although you are correct that if someone takes a screenshot, the sender is notified, there are ways around it. And parents. Oh, there's know, so many ways around it. And you need to know, parents, Snapchat is the number one sexting platform out there. Having said that, that's a different conversation because I'm not anti Snapchat. I'm telling you how it's misused because kids believe that, you know, images delete, but that's a different conversation. For But just tell your kids, images do not delete after three, five, seven, ten seconds. And uh, Paul, really, really quickly, how many different ways do you know how to bring back a photo on Snapchat? I know there are 12. I've identified 12 ways you can save an image without letting the sender know the image was saved. There you go, parents. Just a little FYI. Uh, but... Honestly, what it all comes down to is open lines of communications with your kids yeah. and talking to them and letting them know about the risks and the dangers. Um, but yes, there's so much you can do online that is fun and creative and educational. Podcasting is one of them. Blogging is another. Um, coding. There's so much. And the world of online can be a fantastic place for us parents to explore with our kids. So let's look at the more positive side of things. Yeah. Um, but if any of you have more questions and want to connect with Paul, Paul, where can they find you? The best place is my Facebook page. Just type in Paul Davis Tips, T-I-P-S, P-A-U-L-D-A-V-D-A-V-I-S-T-I-P-S. And you'll be rocking my page. Click like and follow. I'll update you every day as a parent who has a child technology to benefit you. Or you can visit me, uh, socialnetworkingsafety.net, socialnetworkingsafety.net. There you go. Um, and feel free to share this with your school because you know what? Having Paul come in to talk to parents and students, um, I think, is so, so important. So uh, definitely hit Paul up. Paul, I cannot thank you enough for joining us on the show tonight. It is always a pleasure and I'm always learning so much that I can't wait to run to the kids right now. <laughs> Tell them why they're still not going to get social media. Wait for the eye roll. I wish parents would record their kids when they bring up my name in their home. Just record the eye rolls. I can put a compilation of eye rolls together as a video. It'd be great. <laughs> should all do that i'm gonna start i'm the first okay. one but that is it for us i do have to go talk to the kids about paul right now uh but we will catch you next week same time same place it's the parenting show on 640 toronto and i'm your host Tina Crystal.